0: I've been playing outdoors since I was a kid, standing by the front door at around two years old, hollering, side, side, trying to get my mom to let me go play outside. Now, after 30-plus years working in the outdoor business, I'm dropping insider conversations every week with brand leaders, guides, marketers, CEOs, and others that make the outdoor business a trillion-dollar juggernaut that drives product innovation, revenue, and public policy for everything outdoors. I'm Rick Says, Welcome to the Outdoor Biz Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. In today's episode, we talk about tips to get those hard-to-find Disney dining reservations. Find old episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review shout out and thank you to kd22 for your recent review if you'd like to support the podcast check us out on patreon.com slash deciphered where you can subscribe to receive bonus content or you can support the podcast at no cost to you by using me as your travel agent i can do all the hard work of planning your disney vacation for you get started by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net if you have any questions for the podcast email us disney at gmail.com tweet at us at ww deciphered on twitter or find us on facebook and instagram disney deciphered thanks and enjoy the show Hi, I'm Joe from As Joe Flies.
1: And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes.
0: Welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So a couple episodes ago, we discussed the timeline that you need to think about when you're booking your Disney vacation. And one of the things... That you need to book about 60 days before your vacation is dining. So we thought, you know, it's been a while since we talked about how to get those hard to get dining reservations, tips for what to do. So we thought it would be good to just review all the tools that you have at your disposal to get those dining reservations. Now, before we do that, we have some shout outs for our Patreon, patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered. If you uh, want bonus content, uh, you know, we we're talking about my upcoming trip on a bonus episode. You can check us out at patreon.com slash and support us there. Leslie, who are we thanking today?
1: We are thanking our new Patreon subscribers, Katrina B., Melissa Y., and Tracy B. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast.
0: Yeah, and also, if you just want to make a one-time donation, you can also check out that Patreon page. It will direct you and show you how to do that. For all of our patrons and supporters, we have a Facebook group, Which uh, you join and you get to join for life, even if you at some point no longer become a patron. So any patrons out there who have not joined that yet, I think I sent an email to everyone. But if you haven't joined the Facebook group, please email us DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com and we will take care of that. Alright, we are gonna talk about booking dining. So, Leslie, let's just do a quick review. Kind of what are the time windows about dining?
1: All right, so for off-site guests, the magic number is 60. You can start booking your dining reservations 60 days in advance, and you can only do this one day at a time. So, first day of your trip 60 days in advance, next day this is the following day, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And roughly the time that Disney World starts releasing reservations, that's 7 a.m., although that can vary and sometimes be a a little bit earlier, but that's sort of the time to watch for Disney World.
0: Yeah. Now, if you're on site, you have a benefit. The magic number is still 60 days. However, 60 days from the first day of your reservation, you can make dining reservations for the length of your entire trip, unless your trip like super long, like two weeks or something like that. But if you have up to a 10 day trip, 60 days from that first day, you can make 10 days worth of dining reservations. So that kind of gives you a head start. And you also don't have to wake up at 7 a.m. every day. Although, of course, you're going to want to practice waking up at 7 a.m. every day. Thanks to Genie Plus. No shade thrown there or anything like that. So that's how it works at Disney World. One other technical thing to think about is if you do a split stay, let's say you're going to Disney World for eight days, you're going to spend four nights at one Disney World resort, four nights at another Disney World resort. Unfortunately, you cannot book for all eight days of your overall trip 60 days before your check-in day you're going to have to do it in two sets 60 days before your first resort stay you can do those four days and then 60 days before the next resort stay you can do those four days so that's a little bit annoying but uh, just something people need to know tell us about disneyland
1: All right. So Disneyland is a little bit different, still 60 days in advance, but there's no benefit to on-site versus off-site. It's just 60 calendar days for everybody. And the Disneyland reservations these days are usually opening at 3 a.m. Pacific time, which is really painful. It used to be 6 a.m. and sometimes it can be 6 a.m. And sometimes it's not even 60 days in advance at Disneyland. I think they're having more sort of staffing issues and more question marks around their restaurants still. So sometimes, you can be up at 3 a.m. and 60 days in advance and not find any restaurants released that day, which really stinks. But thankfully, it is getting a little more reliable and hopefully we'll only continue to do so.
0: Yeah, we should also note that 7 a.m. at Walt Disney World is the time where we can guarantee pretty much, that the new dining reservations are going to be open. It is very hit or miss. Sometimes it opens as early as 5 a.m., like when Space 220 first came online. You know, a lot of people found that they were able to book at 5 a.m. It is a bit of a moving target, but 7 a.m. is kind of that safe time where you'll know you'll be able to book. The reason why I know this is because I think I've mentioned before, but as a travel agent, I help my clients to book their dining reservations, but I only will promise my clients that I will start at 7 a.m. If it was consistently 5 a.m., I might consider doing that for clients every once in a while. However, I just cannot commit to waking up at 5 a.m. and then finding out that Disney hasn't even opened the reservations yet. That kind of angst is not worth it for me, but if I'm your travel agent, I will happily book stuff for you at 7 a.m. and also monitor reservations that we missed out on which we'll talk about later in this episode. All right. So before we get to kind of the mechanics about maximizing your chance to get those hard to book dining reservations, Leslie, why don't you tell me one Disney World reservation that you think is hard to get that you'd really want to get for your next trip and also one Disneyland one because we don't want to be East Coast bias over here.
1: All right. I appreciate that. So Disney World, I really want to try Cinderella's Royal Table, which I've never done with my kids. And now my daughter's probably too old to really enjoy it. But that would definitely be on the hard-to-get list at Disney World. And then at Disneyland, it's always Blue Bayou for me. That is our go-to date night restaurant and probably the hardest reservation to get at Disneyland since the reopening.
0: Okay, before I give my Disney World one, Leslie, I need help from you because for Disneyland, Blue Bayou is locked in on my brain. That's the hardest to get. So for a first time as an adult Disneyland goer, hopefully in 2022, what is the... Oh, wow. I just realized 60 days is closer than I thought for my Disneyland trip, too. So I'm taking notes here. What is the second most important dining reservation I should be trying to get, Leslie?
1: Ooh, well, I know you're coming with your daughter, so you at least want something sort of kid-friendly. Um, I would actually say Lamplight Lounge is a really hard one to get and is one that kind of works for adults and kids as well. It's over in Disney California Adventure. That's a little more achievable, but often sells out right away.
0: All right, and for me at Walt Disney World, although I would have preferred to do this when it wasn't a pre-fee menu, I think the tough-to-get dining reservation that I'm really looking forward to right now is California Grill. They have that fixed 50th anniversary menu right now, so I'm not as enamored with that, but I still haven't eaten at California Grill. I'd really like to watch the fireworks from there. Now that I've seen Enchantment in person from Main Street, I feel like I can watch it from the contemporary so california grill is kind of the one for me it's not super super hard to get but if you're not booking it at 60 days or like 65 days out it can get difficult so it's a cali grill for me let's get to some tips on how to best maximize your chance for getting tough to get dining reservations at both disney world and disneyland it's disney it so let's start with the technical stuff leslie what do you recommend there
1: all right, give yourself as good of a chance as possible for dealing with glitches and stitch eating the page. So uh, using Cognito mode, use both your computer and your app because sometimes one will be buggy and the other one won't be. Really just kind of work around the Disney IT and the broken cookies that are dropped along your path with uh, technical devices.
0: Not to get too technical, but my impression is that you get errors depending on the number of requests Disney servers are getting at the same time. Like it just doesn't have enough bandwidth on its servers, which is why you really want to be using multiple things. Of course, that is increasing. bandwidth on the server however that's kind of your best chance of getting through it's really annoying sometimes when you see the time that you want and you click on it and it doesn't come through and you're gonna have to refresh and try to get it again so it's not that these times are getting booked up very quickly but it's just you can't rely on your connection to disney all the time so maximize your chances by having multiple devices all right so our next piece of advice isn't technical but it's more about even now 60 days in advance is pretty far away from your vacation. How many dining reservations are you thinking people should normally be making? What would your recommendations be there, Leslie?
1: Book as many as you can and cancel some is sort of my mantra for everything. Because, I mean, usually 60 days in advance, I don't fully know my schedule and even might change up going to a different park on a on one of the days or something like that. So this is definitely the time to sort of cast a wide net and then... Pair back as your plans become more firm. And, you know, obviously Disney is announcing things much less than 60 days in advance, like new shows and new parades. And so that may change what you want to do. So definitely I'm I'm in the overbook camp. I mean, when I went to Disneyland this past fall um, for a family vacation, I had a reservation booked for both lunch and dinner and ended up, I think, only dining at two table service restaurants during my three day trip.
0: Now, to be clear, we're not recommending that you hoard dining reservations or anything like that, but I think it's perfectly fair to book according to the plan that you have 60 days out, or maybe you have more than one potential plan. So it's better to book according to those plans and have to cancel than to change your plans closer to your trip and find you don't have the reservations you want. I mean, it's crazy, of course, as always, that you're planning sixty days in advance where you're going to be at any given time in Disney World. Again, using your partner's phone is going to be helpful to help you book these reservations. When you check in, they don't check you via my Disney Experience account. They just check you by the name of the person who's on the reservation. So even if Leslie made a reservation for me at California Grill or something, I could just show up and be like, I'm here to check in for Leslie Harvey, and I'd be able to get into that reservation. One of those things, it's not like with tickets where you have to, uh, you know, give a sample of your blood for Disney World to let you in. You know, you just need to have the name that's on the reservation and then you can check in.
1: Yes, exactly. But I will add, if you want to do the mobile check-in for some of these restaurants, then you do have to be logged into that Disney account. So that's something to keep in mind. I mean, I always am checking in as I'm walking to the restaurant at Disneyland. So it's nice to be in the right account. So I do try to like use the main account for the reservations that I'm most likely to keep. And then, you know, make sure I have the login for the secondary accounts that we have in my family.
0: Yeah, we should drop a quick reminder that if you no show your reservation, you're going to be charged $10 per person. So uh, make sure you cancel those reservations in good time.
1: All right, Joe. Well, What other tips do you have for us for dealing with these dining reservations?
0: All right, so we talked about it in episode 206 about just having buffer dates on either side of your reservation in case airfare is cheaper on either side of your reservation. Now, those buffer dates end up being beneficial to you as well if you're booking dining reservations because, again, you can book for the length of your entire trip 60 days from the first day of your reservation. Well, if that's a buffer day one day earlier, that kind of gives you an extra day. So that increases your window by a little bit. So that's a little tip that we have there. Another thing that we'll say is a lot of times you're at Disney World with groups that are bigger than just your immediate family. Disney will not even book groups bigger than eight these days. But even if you have a group of eight, I would recommend splitting your group in two groups of four. It's generally going to be easier to find space for those tables of four. You know, they have much less tables of eight possible or try it both ways. Try the table of eight, try two tables of four. But remember, you can split your group and have them checking in. If I have a group of four, that's Time is 610 and I have a group of four that's time 620. We can all show up at 610 together and say, can you seat the eight of us together? And then, of course, this works if you have groups that are bigger than eight. Split those big groups or be prepared to split those big groups if you need that to find those reservations. And then again, here, this is where multiple My Disney Experience accounts helps. You know, you can book group one with partner one and group two with partner two if you need to. I have been able to book two reservations for two different groups on the same My Disney Experience account before by being logged in to both my computer and the app. However, it's a little bit finicky and Disney IT already has problems. I generally don't risk it and I just use two different logins for those.
1: All right, Joe. Well, let's talk about if you don't get those reservations that you want 60 days in advance, when and how should you continue to be checking and improve your chances to be able to get cancellations?
0: Okay, so there's a lot of programs that both Leslie and I use to monitor dining reservation space and when it opens. We're going to devote the back half of this episode to those. I will say really quickly that if you're not using one of those programs, though some of them are free, so you should definitely be using them. But if you're not using some of those programs days to bookmark on your calendars about 30 days before your trip that's a good time to check for dining reservations because 30 days out is when people with Disney packages have to lock in their money and so a lot of people will cancel then and they'll cancel their dining reservations along with that same thing for the last week before your reservation a lot of people are going to be canceling their dining reservations as their plans change as they're canceling backup reservations etc cetera, etc cetera. so that's also a good time to be checking for those dining reservations that you missed out on at 60 days. The last chance for you is when you're actually in the parks, there's often a good chance, especially in Disneyland, I've been hearing, Leslie, but there's often a good chance that there's going to be walk-up availability. That has all gone digital these days for the most part. So how do we handle that, Leslie?
1: There's a mobile wait list for a lot of table service restaurants, and you just get into the park and you get on your phone and you get yourself on that mobile wait list Pretty often, at least at Disneyland, I know better than Disney World at this moment, there is availability as long as you get yourself on that wait list early in the day. Just go to the tip board in the app and that's where you'll find it and get your party on there and best of luck.
0: Yeah, I went to my tip board. I clicked on dining, and I saw that you know I could get walk up availability forty five minutes from now for Liberty Tree Tavern in Magic Kingdom. So that's always a good option. Brooke McDonald, when she was on back in the early days of Disney Genie being introduced, said she was even able to get an Oga's walk up mobile waitlist spot from the app. So definitely something to keep an eye on. All right. Like I said, we're going to be talking about various dining reservation search engines, uh, search programs, I guess you could call it. So we're going to talk about four. Uh, Leslie and I are going to take two each. So I'm going to start with the original Dining Reservation Finder that I knew about at least, and that's from Turing Plans. You can use this Turing Plans Dining Reservation Finder even without a subscription. You have to have a login, but you know, it's free to make a login. So you don't even need to subscribe to Turing Plans to do this, you get two searches for free. And the way it works is you can search for any given length of time. So for example, if I'm going in February for a week, I can search throughout that entire week, but I can only pick a certain time for that reservation. So I can either pick by hour, like 11 a.m., noon, 1, 2, 3, 4, or I can say breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and touring plans will search about a three-hour window around the time that you set. You can choose whether you want them to email you or text you or do both. Now, you can only get two, but You can use those two for dining reservations that are really important to you. And what will happen, and I've done it before in the past, is Touring Plans will send you a link either by a text or email or both when that dining reservation is open. And then you click on that link and it takes you to a Disney page where you can book it. Before I signed up for one of the programs we're going to be talking about later, I almost exclusively used the Turing Plans Dining Reservation Finder, and it uh, went pretty well for me. You kind of have to be close to your phone once you get that text message, especially if it's like a hot restaurant. You don't have that much time, maybe like a minute or two, to go ahead and confirm that reservation. But other than that, Turing Plans Dining Reservation Finder works very smoothly. Now, one little tip I have is that if you contact them, I've done this, you often can ask nicely and be given more than two searches. Doesn't hurt to ask if you are looking for more than two searches for Touring Plans Dining Reservation Finder.
1: One thing we should mention, Joe, is that Touring Plans is only available for Walt Disney World, so this isn't going to do anybody uh, going to Disneyland much good.
0: Sad trombone. All right, so let's talk about one of the search programs that will cover both coasts. Tell us about Mouse Watcher, Leslie.
1: All right, so Mouse Watcher is probably one that I'm the least familiar with, and the reason is the cost. So it's it's pretty pricey. It is for Walt Disney World and Disneyland both, like I mentioned, but if you want to have a subscription to it, it's $19 a month. So it starts getting up there in price for, I guess, individual guests, probably. I think their target market is more travel agents who are looking for, you know, a lot of reservations for their clients at one time. Or you can set individual alerts and the price of those alerts actually depends upon how far in advance you're setting them. So if you're setting them like a couple of days in advance of your trip, it like they're usually like five bucks per reservation, or if you're setting them, you know, the full 60 days in advance, and then it's up to $20. So that's like as much as the monthly price. So it, it really is kind of an expensive option. But one thing I do like about Mouse Watcher is that you can set three different dates and times for like a single restaurant for the cost of one alert so if you know you really want to eat at chef mickey's and you could do it you know for any morning of your vacation you could set it for breakfast for three days in a row and then you could kind of grab whatever becomes available first so that does give you a little bit of bulk searching functionality built into it but but i haven't used this one as much i have heard from people who have that they do seem to get very timely alerts and they've been able to get the restaurants they want uh using the notifications from Mousewatcher. So it does seem to be a solid contender if you're if you're willing to pay the price.
0: All right. Our next on the list is the program that I use. That's Mouseka Pros. You can either pay $6 a month or $60 a year for it. It's up to 50 searches. You can only search one day at a time, but you can set time windows within that day. So instead of having to say breakfast, lunch, or dinner, I can have Mausica Pros search for a certain restaurant for the entire day, 9 a.m. to 11 p.m., whatever the opening hours of Disney World are. Now, one thing that sets Maskapros Pros apart is you can also search for activities like building a droid or Savi's workshop for building a lightsaber, which kind of separates it from the others on this list. So even though that's not part of the scope of tonight's episode that's something to bear in mind the way it works is when the alert hits you receive a text and what i've found works the best is i just take that text and i type it directly into my browser on my computer i've also like copied the link and just used it in the browser on my phone if i wasn't by a computer but i prefer to do it on my computer and then what happens is it just takes you to a page where you need to log into your my disney experience account and if you log into your my disney experience account It just auto populates all your guests, and you've basically at the point where you just need to hit next and then submit to book that dining reservation. So it's very fast. It's really easy to type in the link or to click the link to book. So I really like Mouska Pros for that. I would say my only con for Mouska Pros, or I have two cons for Mouska Pros. Number one, I've been so used to being able to search for like multiple days at a time using the Touring Plans dining reservation finder that it's a little frustrating to only search for one day at a time. But what's really frustrating is I don't even necessarily mind searching for one day at a time, but there's no duplicate button. So let's say I'm searching Space 220 for four days. I have to drop down and choose Space 220 like every single time for all four of those searches. So that's a little bit frustrating. But other than that, I've uh, been pretty happy with Mouska Pros. Shout out to listener Candace who gave me the recommendation for that. So that is what I've been using. All right. So we're going to close things out with the program that you use, Leslie. Tell us about mouse dining.
1: Yeah, that's right. I've been using Mouse Dining for Disneyland so far, but it's also good at Walt Disney World. The best part about Mouse Dining is that there's a free version, and of course it's a pared-down version, but it's pretty solid for a lot of casual Disney guests who, you know, maybe aren't trying for like the hardest restaurant at the the peak time or any of that. So the free version has six alerts at a time that you can set, and then they send you emails when openings arrive, and the email has a link to click that takes you directly to the Disney website where you can log in and book that reservation if it's still available. But, you know, with it being email, not everybody is has their email program open all the time. So there's delay for that. And you often will miss out on reservations if you're using the free version. But it does get the job done. I definitely used the free version for my family's trip and was able to get, you know, quite a few character meals that way. Even for a bigger group, I was actually looking for a group of nine people and some of the hotel character meals at Disneyland do have tables that big and was able to be successful. So that was great. But there's also a paid version. And the paid version, the most basic paid version is $9 a month. And with that, you get 50 alerts, and the alerts can come in by text message as well with the paid version. So that's when you get that immediate ping to your phone. You can click through and book right away on the Disney website. So that's gonna improve your chances of getting the hard-to-get reservations. There's also a yearly version, it's $90 a year for a hundred alerts set at a time. In terms of what you can set, the alerts that you're setting, you select a restaurant and then you can select a day. And and then you have to either choose, you know, a mealtime, lunch, dinner, breakfast, or you can choose a specific time and mouse dining will give you results within 60 minutes in either direction of that set time. So like you said, not as flexible as some of the other options. You can't sort of set multiple days for a single restaurant at one time, but for the most basic and for the, the lower price, it's it's pretty solid. And one other thing I should mention, the free version, you know, once you get an alert, then it's done and you can go in and you can say renew this alert if, you know, you didn't manage to actually snag the reservation. But the paid version actually has an auto renew feature. So if you don't get the reservation that you want, it keeps sending you alerts, which, which is really helpful. Like I, I've definitely found, you know, especially at that day before Mark, when people are worried about the 24 hour cancellation period, you know, a lot of people are canceling reservations at the same time and multiple openings are coming up within 20 minutes of each other. So it's really good to have that auto renew so you can improve your chances and, and not miss the chance for reservations to come online. And, and you don't have that alert set temporarily.
0: We definitely should have uh, split a subscription to one of these things. I don't know why we didn't think that through, <laughs> Leslie. <laughs> and we could have expensed it for the podcast. But, you know, Yeah. April trip to
1: Disneyland. April trip to Disneyland. There we go. <laughs>
0: there we We digress. We digress. So, like we said... We have experience with three of the four of these programs. Uh, If you have experience with Mouse Watcher or another one of these dining search programs, please let us know, disneydeciphered at gmail.com, at at www.deciphered on Twitter or on Facebook or Instagram, disneydeciphered. If you don't get the reservation that you want and you don't have a travel agent who's going to do it for you, any of these are going to be great to help you to try to secure that reservation. Out of these four, we actually have an affiliate link for Mouse Dining. Uh, You can find that link in the show notes if you are interested in that. All right, so let's end with a Disney do or don't, Leslie. Do you have a Disney dining do or don't?
1: In terms of Disney don't, I would say don't get caught up in... The craziness of this di- dining reservation competition. If this is not your thing, I mean, not everybody enjoys table service expensive restaurants. And I feel like sometimes there's this pressure and expectation to have to check these restaurants off your list when you go on a Disney vacation. And there are plenty of times I go to Disney World and certainly to Disneyland where I don't really eat a lot of table service meals. So be willing to let that go. <laughs> and that certainly takes some of the, you know, competition and worry and stress and refreshing and IT troubles off your plate if that's not your thing. If it is your thing, there are lots of options and lots of uh, ways to hack it now, which,
0: which is great. Great tip. Yes, definitely do what works best for you and your family. All right. Well, these are our tips for getting dining reservations. If you have any tips, let us know at all those places that I said two minutes ago. Thank you everyone for listening. Other than that, Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and I will see you at Blue Bayou in April. Maybe. Thanks, Joe.
1: (laughs) When you drive the brand-ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power, you can stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see yourself behind the wheel of the brand-ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Kia received the fewest reported problems among all brands in the J.D. Power 2022 U.S. Vehicle Dependability Study based on 2019 models. See JDPower.com slash awards for 2022 details.